0: Hey there, my name is Eric Massey. I have a Master of Divinity from Abilene Christian University. I've worked as a healthcare chaplain and as a young adult minister, and higher education was never something that was really emphasized when I was discerning my call to ministry. Honestly, I never thought I would go to seminary. Thankfully, and to my surprise, seminary was one of the best decisions that I ever made in my whole life. It textured and colored my faith in a way that I never thought was possible, and I cannot imagine my faith without it, which has led me to wonder if there's a way to talk about how seminary isn't the scary, antiquated, or unnecessary thing we might think it to be. On this podcast, we'll introduce you to seminary professors talking about their areas of expertise to introduce you to topics that you might hear in seminary, but not necessarily every Sunday school class. So, whether you've been in ministry a long time, or are just now starting to discern a call, or just like hearing about theology and history and higher education in the Christian world, this is probably the podcast for you. This is Seminary Isn't Scary. This is Seminary Isn't Scary. I'm your host, Eric Massey. And I'm Zane Goggins. I'm the producer. And we wanted to bring something to you that was from a slightly different perspective than the rest of the episodes so far. So we've been bringing you the perspective of seminary professors, talking to
1: you about things that you wouldn't hear in Sunday school class, but that you would hear in seminary should you decide to, to go to seminary. And we decided to bring you a perspective from the other side of the desk, so to speak, from people who have gone through a seminary education and who are going through it.
0: Yeah. So I am a recent seminary grad, fairly recent seminary grad. And Zane, you are currently in the Graduate School of Theology working on your MDiv.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm close to done, but I've been doing it for about three years.
0: There you go. Yeah. So we wanted to bring you kind of what seminary has been like for us, and maybe do a little bit of debrief on, on the conversations that we've had with faculty over the, the last few episodes.
1: And we hope that this somewhat informal conversation maybe sheds a little bit more light on what it's like to actually go through a seminary program, especially if you're considering one, which I think is the point of our podcast, right, Eric?
0: Yeah, I'd say that's definitely a big part of it.
1: So let's just start. Eric. Eric. You're the host, so you're the one that people like. Uh, uh, that's
0: a large, <laughs> lot of assumptions being made there.
1: What brought you to seminary? Why Why did you go?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think. Uh, so for me, I came to the faith when I was a teenager. Uh, I became a Christian when I was a teenager. I'd had a, I had a sort of marginal experience with Christian faith before that, but I hadn't. I hadn't involved myself in the church. I hadn't really considered it something that uh, I would own up to um, until I was a teenager. And when I started feeling pulled to ministry, I decided that uh, getting an undergraduate education in in ministry was was going to be beneficial for me. So I went ahead and did that. And then when I was in my undergrad here at ACU, I started doing a little bit of ministry in hospitals. So I worked with uh, a couple of internships for uh, hospital chaplains and ended up kind of starting to get my feet wet in the chaplaincy world and I had a very very good mentor of mine kind of sit me down and say hey you're pretty good at this is this something that you'd want to look at doing uh, professionally and I said actually yeah this experience has been incredibly formative for me and, and it and it it feels uh, like a place I would really enjoy being and he's like okay well you're going to need to go get your MDiv and I was like, no, I don't, think, I don't think I want to do that. And he's like, what well, do you want to do, chaplaincy? And I was like, yes. And he's like, then you need to go get your evdiv. And, and I was like, okay, fine. I suppose I will do that. And that's initially what brought me. And it ended up kind of snowballing from there into being something that I, I became very, very passionate about. But that, that's sort of initially what brought me, what brought me around. What brought, what brought you here? Man, to say okay,
1: so I my my journey into seminary was a, a little different from yours. My my journey into seminary was uh maybe maybe it is a lot like some of our listeners where I graduated from college with my bachelors, not in Bible or theology. I had a journalism degree and then when I graduated college, you do what you do with a journalism degree, which is sell cars. <laughs> and, and so that's what I was doing. I was selling cars while my then-girlfriend, who was at Abilene Christian University, while she was finishing up. And, I mean, I don't ever want to sell cars again, but I'm kind of glad I did it. It taught me a lot about people. Uh, taught me a lot about myself, especially how to deal with, like, my own ethical credo, I guess. what Like, what am I going to consider is out of bounds. Um, okay. So I had, to, I had to go through a lot of that stuff. But still, I, I did feel a call into ministry in my undergraduate degree, but I was not about to totally switch majors and just completely start over. So I was like, hey, some church will hire me and, uh, <laughs> you know, right out of college, a 20-year-old uh, dude who doesn't have a degree in Bible at all. Uh, I just thought, that it would just kind of fall into place. Right. And it, it didn't, but I came to like this, I came to this kind of fork in the road, maybe so to speak, whereas like I could continue in the professional world and maybe doing parachurch stuff, which is not bad. It's great. uh, But it's not really what I wanted. What I really, really wanted was to be in ministry doing the, the deep work of a pastor, getting in there with the sheep and smelling like sheep, you know what I mean? Like I want, (laughs) that's really what I wanted. And so I had to, I had to decide, I was like, okay, I think, I think what I need to do, if I'm going to do that, whoever is going to hire me doesn't deserve this dude who has not gone through any rigor or training at all. They would deserve somebody who has done the prep work, Mm -hmm. who's gone through something important. And so that's ultimately what led me to seminary. Uh, is kind of just that 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 gut feeling
0: Yeah, I'm actually really curious because uh, I, I hadn't thought about it before, but I, I'm imagining the move, and maybe this wasn't the case for you at all, but I'm really curious about the move from going from selling cars and kind of having a a heart for ministry and then jumping into a graduate level. Seminary program, like what? What were you thinking? Your first few classes, like how was that transition for you? (laughs) Well,
1: so luckily I didn't go straight from selling cars into seminary. I was actually fired from selling cars, (laughs) Uh, which, if you know anything about the car business, that's like that is like the most common story in the world. (laughs) You don't ever just leave the car business; you're fired from the car business. But anyway, so I. I ended up working on campus at ACU for like a year before I was like, okay, I'm actually going to start this. I, I'm here. I can be on campus and do my job at the same time. So there, there was some in-between time.
0: Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. that's kind of how we know each other through, because our programs didn't overlap a ton. We know each other mostly from your involvement at KACU.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have the privilege of working at a radio station on campus and my classes are just, you know, in another building, and then I come back to work. And I, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things that God had to set up; otherwise, it probably wouldn't have happened. I was gonna maybe do a program online through another uh, seminary, and man, it just, it just worked this way, you know.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's yeah. it's. It seems like a pretty sweet kind of combo of things for you.
1: Do you? You said. We actually knew each other a little bit before this. Do you remember this one time where we saw each other, our, you and Krista, and me and Jesse, we went to Falbus Lake and our dogs played with each other.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. I do remember this. Yeah.
1: And our dogs got in the lake. Yes. <laughs> that disgusting, oh mossy my gosh.
0: lake. I had forgotten about that, but I totally remember that. <laughs> yes. That was the first time my dog ever swam was with your dog. That's amazing because she's not a big swimmer. And so I think she was probably showing off. Um,
1: <laughs> so I kind of took the, the route of being in the professional world for a while. And I still am in it because I have a full-time job. And I actually do seminary part-time, which I know I'm not the only one doing that. So that's why it's taking me four years instead yeah. <laughs> of two and a half or three or, or whatever it is. There it turns out there's lots of roads to seminary. Oh yeah. Anyway, the people listening to this podcast, or at least the name of our podcast, is seminary, isn't scary, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason we chose scary is because we wanted to really address this this idea that seminary is kind of this thing that mm, that maybe we should we should fear or maybe we should push back on because maybe you'll come out an atheist or you know maybe you'll you'll change in some way right and mm-hmm. change is really the scary part and so i think we should address this this issue here of how did seminary
0: change you eric that's a really good question so coming out of my undergraduate degree i felt i hadn't really been a christian all that long like i had sort of had bits and pieces of my life that were influenced by Christianity, as I think a, a lot of Americans or North Americans can say that. But I, I, I didn't feel quite ready. So there was this element of having someone I really respect telling me to do it, but there's also this sense in me that I had spent a lot of time deconstructing things in undergrad. My, my faith had changed a lot over those years, but I didn't feel ready to, like, jump into anything yet. I felt like there was still a long way to go for me. And seminary was kind of the chance for me to start putting those things back together a bit. And there was some more deconstruction involved, but it changed me in a lot of ways. I, I've become a lot more open to different ideas. Like On one hand, I've become a lot more articulate in being able to, to read complex, high-level material on things, but on, but on another end, I also feel a lot more at peace with my faith, Um, even though like, I think my, my intense commitments to very particular things are very different and maybe they aren't so intense. I have a lot more what, uh, Dr. Aquino might call epistemological humility, uh, which is just saying like, I, I, there's at a level, I don't know. I just don't know. And God is very mysterious. And I recognize that even if I'm very committed to an idea, I may not be totally right. And I'm a lot more at peace with that than I used to be. I'm I'm very comfortable in that place. Uh, and that's not to say I don't believe in things. I, there's a lot of things I believe really strongly. And I feel like I'm able to articulate those things. But I, people coming from very different walks of life, having very different opinions tends to scare me a lot less. And I don't think I would have described it as fear. But that's kind of what it was, right? When somebody would come in a conversation or in a, in a particular situation and start talking to me about something that they believed and I really didn't buy into that there's a sort of like feeling in my stomach I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but there's like a feeling in my stomach and everything gets really tight and I get a little anxious and I'm like, oh gosh, there's going to be disagreement and conflict and I don't have that as much anymore and part of that is at least being very comfortable to ask, questions that I think are are meaningful, or to hear perspectives and stories from folks that, that don't match with mine, and to kind of derive life from that, and to not see that as like a, a threat to the things that I believe, if that makes sense.
1: Would you want to maybe share maybe one or two or a couple or none of the maybe, maybe theological things that changed for you?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's because
1: a... I think this is really where people get scared, right? <laughs> right, uh, you're scared. You're gonna like say the Bible's not inerrant or something, yeah. or or
0: or that Communion's not important or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, and I think it, it sort of behooves us to talk about the term, the term "scary," right? Because I think that there's. The root of a lot of the the questions I wanted to ask with this podcast comes from a lot of conversations that I've had with people looking into doing theological education and feeling a sense of what I don't think they would articulate as fear, but seems to be fear around what kind of changes seminary can bring to you. Um, and that's sort of the fear that i'm that I, I think we're trying to describe, right? is this this trepidation of, not really knowing what's on the other end of this thing and how uncomfortable that can be. So I know one of the things that I, I grappled with a lot was uh, the, the providence of God. Right? How does God interact with us, and how does how do things um, how do things pan out? And this comes up a lot in chaplaincy, especially because uh, you're in, engaging with a lot of folks who are who have a rough time of it. Um, for those unfamiliar, chaplains tend to be in 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 secular contexts, uh, at least in an fi- official capacity, uh, in healthcare, in law enforcement, in military, and something like that, where there there tends to be some some high energy, high chaos scenarios, sometimes involving some of the worst days of people's lives, and you're helping folks navigate that. One of the things that that changed in me a lot was how I personally engaged with questions of God's providence, God's provision, and the issue of of suffering or theodicy. I came from an environment that was very, I don't think they meant it to be as central as it ended up becoming, but it was very, if, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, mountains will move. And as part of that equation, if you're praying really hard and you're really devout and, and you're reading your Bible and you have that mustard seed and you mean it, that mountain will move. And so if that mountain's not moving, it's probably your fault and i had to grapple with that kind of that kind of theology in contexts where i felt a deep sense of care for someone who was suffering and felt very very strongly that god cared for this person but could do absolutely nothing to change the fact that they were suffering or to change the fact that they were incredibly sick or going to die very very soon And one of the things seminary has helped me articulate is a more nuanced understanding of what ends up becoming faith that God still cares even though bad things happen. And not having to sort of explain that away and say that like, well, something must have gone wrong in like the faith process because if if things were going right, everything would be fine. Um, But rather sort of, be able to embrace the the really dark and really difficult human experiences. Um, and not in a way that says God isn't present. Like, I, I feel very strongly that God is very present in those moments. I just don't think it necessarily means that the suffering is abated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that that seminary really helped me articulate. And it's not to say that I have all the answers for every situation. Um, you but, haven't figured out theodicy? Oh, not quite. I'm close though. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but rather just I feel like it's a combination of things, right? It's a it's a set of like tools, of the theological tools, of, of books I've read, people I've listened to, um, but also in a, a sort of new posture towards my prayer life and how I read scripture. And being able to not just sort of intellectually ascent to the idea of God but also to feel pretty strongly that God loves me and that God loves the people that I'm around and to sort of have a space to, to live in that tension and to be pretty comfortable with that tension. Hmm. So what about what about you? What kind of what kind of things have changed for you since you've started seminary? Oh man, so many
1: things have changed for me. I am definitely still a Christian. I know that's a big... <laughs> hey, it's one of those fears that I've heard like come from people like who go to church with me, mm. uh, that they would end up losing their faith in seminary. But I can honestly say that I, I love God. I love Christ. I love the Bible. I love the church and myself even more than I did three years ago when I started. So that does exist. <laughs> it, that does exist. And I would, I would probably say that's more often than not. I mean, at least with the people I know. So that's one thing is my love for ministry and the church and Christ and the Bible has grown. So it's been antithetical to, to everything that I've heard, but there have been theological changes for sure. So I grew up in the Churches of Christ. It runs pretty deep in my family, family history. I'm I'm a Church of Christ kid. Uh, but in high school and early college, I found the charismatic movement mm. in various expressions. And I was very comfortable in this uh, movement for a long time. And then somehow, I don't even know how... I got into maybe like more of a reformed understanding of, of faith, especially soteriology, uh, the way salvation works. And so I feel like I have these three like traditions that have kind of molded me before I came to seminary. And so I had a lot of competing ideas in my, in my head about uh, some of the things that you were talking about, like providence, especially grace even ecclesiology, like how, how the church works, you know, I think the biggest thing is that I had really solid beliefs about how things worked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not that I figured everything out, but that I had a pretty good understanding of how things worked, you know, and what seminary has done for me over the last three years is it's grown me in so many different ways that it has given me kind of like what you were saying, like just a humility that I I have this, I don't know how to say it without sounding not humble. You know how Moses said, like, he's the most humble man on earth. right? But there's like uh, some, there's a humility that I carry now, a theological humility that I just don't know almost anything. <laughs> like what seminary has done for me is it has opened up more questions, which is, probably the best gift Hmm. that it has given me. And also like, I'm really bad at, and this is bad for somebody who wants to be a preacher. uh, But I feel like I'm really bad at expressing what I think. And I'm bad at expressing Mm -hmm. how I feel. And I'm also, I'm also like not as articulate maybe as, as you are or, or some of our alumni or, or our professors, but what seminary has, has given me, because it forces you to do so much of your own hard theological work, you don't, you don't look over across the table and sneak answers off of somebody's paper. Like, that, that's high school stuff. This is, this is <laughs> seminary. You have to do your own thought. You have to do the work and the rigor and the research. And what that's done is it's given me the confidence to, to actually think that I... I may actually have something to say Hmm. that's worthwhile. And so it's given me more confidence as someone who wants to be a preacher because I I can take things in stride with humility, and I feel like I can express them theologically and apply them to people and myself in a way that I think would at least make at least a decent preacher. So. (laughs) Man, it's, I don't know what you would call that if you were to boil no. all that down into one thing, like, oh, seminary gave me this one thing. Yeah,
0: I don't know what to call that,
1: but that's what it's given me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I think that sort of, I, I'm, really, I'm really moved by the, the way that you articulated, like it has given you more questions. And I get, I'm, I know what you're talking about. I felt that in me, but I do think there is something about what you've just said that's like, how can that possibly be better? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, how, more, could, yeah. how could having more questions possibly be better than the alternative? Oh, but it is, right? More questions is better
1: than knowing everything. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think we would be, I think we'd be sort of remiss to not give credence. So first thing is we, we asked all of our professors if seminary was a scary thing, and Almost to the person, they all said, kind of. <laughs> um, and I think yeah. that, that we're kind of touching on part of what I think they were talking about, which is I understand where you're coming from. I feel so much better about the sort of unknowable aspects of God. But I'm also sensing the kind of trepidation someone might have in hearing a couple of ministers potentially talk about not knowing anything about God <laughs> and uh, and like having this yeah. sort of nebulous sense of like, stuff that's going on. And so I think, I think that it's important to note that I learned a lot of things in seminary. I don't think the most important thing that happened to me in seminary was that I was able to now tell you like major historical figures in church history, although I do think that's important. I think the most important thing about what happened to me in seminary is as I was learning all of this stuff, I began to see how my life is an extension of my devotion to God. I think what ends up being sort of the most important part of seminary for me is not, like, the big packet of information that was downloaded into my brain, right? Like, it's not just this place where I learn facts and dates and systems of theological thought or whatever. Greek it's, and Hebrew. It's Greek and Hebrew languages, uh, how to interpret scripture. Like, all of those things are a big part of it, but rather, like... I came out with a sense of how all of that has come from a long history of people doing their best to get to know God and how my ability to to minister to people or to worship God or to make sense of the human experience is in part an intellectual exercise and in part this sort of nebulous exploration of spiritual experience. And I think that's where, like, what we're talking about is kind of coming from. It's this, it's this sense that, like, when I came in, I was expecting to get a bunch of answers to a lot of questions. And I did. But I also got my world just opened up and broadened, and I, I got a picture of how big and wonderful and fantastic everything can be. And that experience of expansion was so much more important than the individual bits of information. Does that make sense? Yeah. No,
1: absolutely. It's almost like being able to see a constellation like Orion, Mm -hmm. and then you actually turn the back porch off, and you're able to see everything (laughs) around it too. Yeah, Yeah. It's not like looking at Orion isn't beautiful in itself, but knowing that there's just there's just more there's something formative about exploration in your faith. And if you think the wall if you're if you've come close to the walls of your faith, I I can guarantee you you're nowhere near the walls. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't possibly any be anywhere near the walls. There's so much more. There's so much more depth to Christianity and there's so much more depth to Christ himself, to the church, to what ministry is, mm. it may not be totally obvious if you're just doing, you know, your own research on YouTube or, <laughs> you know, what we call research these days. <laughs> yeah. But there's something, there's something to be said about it may seem daunting and scary from the outside because mm. it is the unknown, right? Mm. But if you just put that foot in the water, right? You're like, okay, mm. there's yeah. so much more than you can ever imagine about your own faith. You don't have to leave your faith to find a better way to pray or a more meaningful way to serve your church. I know that's a that's a struggle of some of my friends who, you know, maybe they'll they'll go off on their own little uh, research tangent, right? And I have some friends who have left the faith because they didn't find any of the of the things that they were looking for within their faith, maybe mm-hmm. specifically in the stream of prayer and Uh, Connecting to God. And I've just been lucky enough to go to seminary where those kind of things, like the back porch light, was turned off, so to speak. And I was able to find new venues and new ways to love God. I I feel like I actually have a devotional life today. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my prayers aren't just petitions anymore. Mm. You know, there's like five or six different kinds that I do
0: (laughs) every day.
1: Did you know there's more than one way to pray?
0: I Yeah, that's all new to me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> But the, the water really is really deep.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think there's something, I think the thing that I would encourage folks, what I'm hearing in, in conversations with, like this is there, is there are times in your life when, when you start to seek out answers to questions. I think that's just part of how life goes. And, and some of the sort of trepidation about a theological exploration of those questions is the kind of fear that you're talking about where it's like, well, I don't really know what's going to happen through that. And it's it might prompt a lot of change to face those questions and to to look at the <laughs> look at the the sort of possibility of answers right and i'm thinking about like questions that really bothered me theodicy you know why does suffering happen was one of them that really bothered me and i would if i'm honest it still bothers me i don't think that discomfort went away but questions of of how god interacts with people and how how does life getting to know god even really work like these sorts of questions really bothered me and then you add on top of like those the questions of how do we structure church properly or how do we worship in a way that makes sense on a on a spiritual level. And then you get into the interactions with the world beyond our faith, of people who've had very different interpretations of things, of you know, maybe there is a God, maybe there isn't, maybe there's a bunch of gods. Or like how does our how does our culture affect the fact that we are a very specific type of Christian? And where do those things come from? And all of that stuff can be really daunting facing those things in in seminary can be really uh, scary, for lack of a better term. And I think that's kind of what our professors were trying to say, in part, is facing those questions can be jarring, and that change can be really anxiety-producing at times. I think what I want to put out there is that you don't get to avoid those questions in life, right? Yeah. Like, you don't get to, just because you didn't go to seminary or because you didn't dig deep with you know like if you're going to become a minister you didn't decide to do theological education to to kind of dig deep in that way those questions are still around like they don't they don't disappear and in my experience they they crop up in other places in other ways and i think the advantage of at least my seminary experience and i think of many others is that i got to face those questions with a bunch of people who not only knew a lot about what they were talking about but also cared deeply that i have faith, that care deeply that I continue to be a Christian and care deeply that that I serve the church well, and they themselves do their best to serve the church well. And being able to face those questions in that context was incredibly relieving. And in that sense, seminary is like the the less scary option, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. <laughs> having those people around to support you and care for you and having the confidence of knowing, like, they have faced these questions in ways that I probably, I don't know if I ever will. And having some confidence in that. It was really, really nice.
1: I don't think having more information can ever harm you. Some people, and I say some people, I mean me, I, I get this tendency to not check my bank account from time to time because I just know. <laughs> I just know <laughs> it's going to be less than I want it to be, right? But not checking it doesn't make everything better, right? I'm actually more informed when I do check it. Or, uh, of course, you can, you can take that analogy any way you want, but at least I'm convinced you're never harmed by more information. Mm. And information isn't really even the, the, the goal of seminary. It's a goal, and it's a big goal. But seminary is a formative thing. And, you know, you have to be careful of, of which seminary you choose because whatever seminary you choose is going to form you. Mm. You're not going to go into seminary and come out the exact same. If you did, you ignored everything. Quick plug. I mean, I, I I'm appreciative that ACU doesn't teach denominationally. Mm. You know, some seminaries do, and I'm not saying that's bad or anything. But ACU kind of takes an approach where they give you a a big old tool belt, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you kind of fill that belt up, and you go do ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, the Churches of Christ. For those who don't know what the Churches of Christ is, uh, we're not a denomination, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> I know everybody says we are, but there's there we're not. The, the highest ranking person in the Churches of Christ is a local elder at a local church. Uh, and that's it. Right. And so we're all different. Every church is. Every Church of Christ is. And I think ACU embodies that well. There's no catechism to teach out of, so to speak. Mm. We are able to just simply explore. And the thing about, I mean, you're probably going to get this at almost every seminary, but our seminary, the, the professors really do care about whether you <laughs> have a devotional life or they, they care about you as a person and they they don't want to see you come into seminary and fall off the edges. Right. That's, that's not the goal. We want to make ministers. Maybe that was a little too promotional, but okay. So Eric, everybody has said seminary is scary, even though our podcast says it's not. So I'll ask you,
0: is seminary scary? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) So I think the way I would describe it is it is scary, but it's nothing to be afraid of. And... That sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I think what it boils down to for me is that the kind of thing that seminary is going to provoke in a person is a lot of internal thought and a lot of maybe reorganizing your priorities, maybe reorganizing your faith... You're going to struggle with some questions, I think, most of us, it, about God, about ourselves, about the world as it stands, about scripture. And those things can be very disquieting. They can be very difficult to grapple with, and they take a lot of courage to face and to for some of us to to do the work after studying so many things and going through so many internal changes about our faith, to do the work to rebuild something that makes sense. And so in that way, I think it takes a lot of courage. And And scary might not be the word I use to describe it, but it fits a little. It can be, it can be very daunting, and it can be a lot of work. However, I think what makes it not scary, what makes it something to not be afraid of, is the fact that I think that that kind of work is the work that Christians must do. It is the work that ministers must do. And really at a level, it is what people must do to be to be human, to be good human beings. <laughs> Seminary brings out this aspect of life that we might prefer to avoid, but we shouldn't. We really, really shouldn't. And we should do everything in our power to to lean in, to stay engaged and to to ask those harder questions of ourselves and of our churches and of our friends, uh, you know, in the right contexts. And I think that aspect of seminary is something we cannot be afraid of and we must face head on and do our best to be formed, to be changed, to, to engage reality as it is and maybe not as we wish it to be. At least that's, that's how I would sort of categorize it. And I could probably wax long on that, but I think that's, that's, the, that's the gist of it. It's nothing to be afraid of, and, it, and it's something you should probably seek out, um, even if it's not seminary per se. That, that aspect of life that, that causes you to question and to, to learn more, I think is really important. Yeah, what about you? Seminary a scary thing? I'll, I'll, be, I'll be true
1: to everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> seminary can be scary. At times. I think the way you put it is good. It's not something to fear, but uh, like, a, like a good preacher, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us back to the book of Genesis. <laughs> uh, Jacob wrestles God, right? Mm-hmm. And just before the sun is about to rise, the angel or God or, or the man, whatever it is, says, okay, let me go. This is over. Jacob says no. And so the angel breaks his hip, dislocates his hip, mm-hmm. injures his hip and still won't let go. He says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And then finally, the angel relents, blesses him. But there was this this weird dislocation in the process. It was probably painful. Maybe it lasted for a while. But that pain of hurt or pain, thats I feel like that's really what everybody is scared of, scared of something being so... Broken or dislocated or removed from them, that it's unrecoverable mm. and that's not true. It's not true. I really think the blessing comes comes later. I don't think that seminary is a type of <laughs> self harm in some kind of way, but uh, in a way it is it is a, a blessing to you and to other people. I think that's mm. that's the biggest part for me is that seminary for you will be a blessing for other people. And there may be some pain in there. Maybe you change your mind on a thing or two, uh, or maybe a lot of things, but the blessing is really is the goal. So I think it's, I think it's a little
0: scary. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I think that really resonates with me. And I think if, if, somebody's listening and gets anything out of this, I want to impart upon them that we are coming at this from a very particular angle. A lot of this is anecdotal. And uh, we don't speak for seminaries everywhere. Everybody does it a little bit differently. But my encouragement is, anytime you encounter that sort of nebulous fear around seminary education or theological education in whatever form that may be. Maybe it looks like an ivory tower of these inaccessible intellectuals that just don't really know what it's like on the ground. Or maybe it's that you've been in a church context that says, you don't really need anything other than a good prayer life and a Bible to do this well. My encouragement would be always go deeper. If you are feeling called to ministry, Whether it's seminary or something else, you have been called to a life of continual learning. Read books, listen to people, and especially people you don't agree with. And if at all possible, please, please, please take time to dedicate yourself to formation and learning in your craft. I love theological education. Today, especially, we need to be as prepared as we possibly can for the world that's around us. So if you've enjoyed listening to us over these episodes, if you've enjoyed hearing from professors and a little bit more about the Graduate School of Theology at ACU, please check out our website at acu.edu gst. And if you feel like it, feel free to hit us up. We'd love to talk to you. This has been Seminary Isn't Scary, the podcast where we spend seven episodes disproving our thesis. I'm your host, Eric Massey. I'm your producer, Zane Goggins. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seminary Isn't Scary. Seminary Isn't Scary is a creation of the Graduate School of Theology at Abilene Christian University. Our producer is Zane Goggins, and a special thanks to KACU for providing the studio space and all of this wonderful equipment. I'm your host, Eric Massey. Until next time.